Yesterday, when we welcomed you, we forgot that our precious sister Lotte just turned 98. And as we quoted the word from Job, it is Job 33. We actually should have thought straight on our sister. And it's really written. Job 33, verse 25, His flesh shall be fresher than a child's. He shall return to the days of his youth. He shall pray unto God, and he will be favorable unto him, and he shall see his face with joy. For he will restore unto man his righteousness. Precious sister, please stand up so that we can all see you. Just a few days ago, she turned 98. And she's probably thinking, perhaps this is my last time. This the Lord decides. This the Lord decides. And we wish, really, that you can still come many times here. Then we have once again, a view, we have to make a view to the meetings in Africa and thanking God anew with all our hearts for the grace and for the success and for the blessings which He has given unto us. One has to imagine, uh, if one includes Nairobi, in exactly 10 days, 21 main meetings, and to it came also the minister meetings. And the Lord God, He blessed in a special way, and He has given grace. As I said already yesterday, seven times it went up with a plane, and then landing again, and carrying the word of the Lord. And our brothers, before God, they have taken responsibility. And I hope that they were also listening yesterday, that not only one 
But we are, we all in this time, we are all having responsibility before God to proclaim the true divine message crystal clear and to carry it into all the world. To, to all of you who you remember me in your prayers and us before God, we just thank you with all our hearts. You all know, when I returned, then it went on to Belgrade. And there we once again traveled 960 kilometers by car through the whole country to have four blessed meetings there in the country. One time at the Romanian border, the other time at the Hungarian border, the third time at the border to Slovenia. Just the whole country we looked after. And I would also like to thank our brother Momo with all my heart that he translated me so precisely with all his heart. All the brothers, they have their place. I wish also now all the interpreters, I wish them God's help with all my heart and God's richest blessing. Of course, also all of us who, who we are here. Then, just so that nobody can say that it was not announced, God willing, today, in one week, that means next Sunday, I will be in Bratislava, in Slovakia. And God willing, from today on, in two weeks, in Romania, in Sibio, and I'm asking you all to remember us in your prayers, so that God's unadulterated, pure and holy word, as the divine message, can be carried, and also that it is received as such, that all who hear the word of God, that they understand that God speaks through his word not anymore in parables, but that he revealed what is hidden in all the parables, and especially also in all the pictures and symbols which are shown in the book of Revelation, that we just that we just received an insight into the understanding of the scripture. Nobody, no one can take something for himself except it is given to him by his grace. So, also today, we are greeting all. I had phone calls from Africa, from here and from there, where brothers and assemblies yesterday were connected and who were listening. Now, just one question. The two gentlemen, the brother and the sister from the region Heidelberg, he only speaks English and she probably speaks only... Yeah. Which language does our sister speak? 
who wishes to be baptized. We want that it be that it is heard, that it is translated. Where is the brother from Heidelberg? Would you please stand? Beloved brother, could you stand? Uh, who is translating for the sister? Stand up, sister. Who is translating? You can translate? Yes? Okay, it's absolutely necessary for her to follow the preaching. Okay, God bless you. Sure. Yeah, uh, you may be seated. It's just like this that we that we put much weight on, we put much weight on that all, and this I want to repeat, when the translation takes place, Brother Harry, first it must be translated into the, from the German into the English, and then you, are you doing it now? Thank you. Thank you very much. We really want that all are hearing, that all are understanding, that all know of what it's all about. Let us sing quickly a chorus before this language problem is solved. Who says a chorus? Come from on high. Come aus der Höhe, komm Geist des Rausche und gehe, oh, bleib nicht fern. Rausche und gehe, oh, bleib nicht fern. Göttliches Feuer, falle herab. Du Although we at this place speak about all these precious words up to the book of Revelation, the main thing remains <coughs> that people experience the salvation of God in Jesus Christ by His grace. It just has to be made sure that Matthew 11 Verse 28 goes before everything. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest for your souls. It's just necessary that the first step is being made by repentance, by faith. 
By faith, the first step must be made. And then Luke 18, verse 13, where the publican was beating on his chest, crying out, O God, be merciful to me, sinner. The Spirit of God convicts of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. That's how it is written in the Gospel of John, in chapter 16. And then we come to the word in Luke 24, verse 47. In His name, repentance for the remission of sins must be preached unto all nations. First, the preaching. Then, the Spirit of God convicts of sin and leads to repentance. And after repentance is, of course, a conversion. And then comes the baptism of those who received Jesus Christ by faith and who experienced the reconciliation and forgiveness personally. Make sure, dear brothers and sisters, make sure that we all made these first experiences with God, that we truly come on the narrow way, entering the straight gate, which leads to life, and that we personally have a direct relationship with God. At this place, we only want to baptize people who have no ulterior motives, who do not want to join a church. Here no one gets a baptism certificate, no one gets a membership card. As the body of the Lord, as the Church of Jesus Christ, we want to return in everything to the biblical pattern. This we are not just saying, this must become like this by grace. And, as already said many times, as the first baptism was, so the last one will and must be. As the first sermon was, so the last one will and must be. With God, everything remains as it was. The divine pattern from the early church was left unto us. And who was it of my two brothers who, who were on a conference and somebody, the teacher, who was giving the speeches, he said something and he noticed that this is written in the Bible. And our brother had the courage and he said, no, this is not written in the Bible. It's written in the Catechism. This is not written in the Bible, what you said just now. It's written in the Catechism. Yes, the people are, just take it for granted that that, what the Church tells them, that it is truly written in the Bible. 
And let it be complained to God. It is not written in the Bible, but in the Catechism or in any other church book. Also for this, we want to thank our God with all our hearts that He has taken us out from all the traditions, from, a, from, a, from all the traditions which is in, existing in the Christendom and in other religions, what is passed on there. He has taken us out. So that we can believe, as the scripture says, and not going deceived into eternity. You all know, the worst, what can happen to a man, is to go from time into eternity without having found peace with God without having experienced the grace of God, without having received forgiveness and reconciliation. Therefore, time and again, the kernel of the proclamation must be put into the center. Be ye reconciled with God. This is the word which Paul has written to the Corinthians. And let me read it to you. And then we go into our observation. Second Corinthians, chapter 5. Second Corinthians, chapter 5, from verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all this is the work of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation giving us responsibility, giving us the ministry of reconciliation, that we say to the whole world, no one needs to get lost. God was in Christ and has reconciled the world with himself. Receive it, believe it, and experience it. To us was given the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation now then we are ambassadors for Christ as his sent ones blessed be God as his sent ones in his name in his state as his messengers as ambassadors for Christ as his sent ones we say and we beseech you by God 
We pray you in Christ's state, be ye reconciled to God. And now comes the statement. For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Receive it. Accept it. It's yours. A gift of God, which one has to receive by faith and one may experience. And then one can just thank God afterward. In 1 Corinthians, chapter 2, Paul spoke and wrote about that we present God's hidden wisdom. Let us read it. It's a well-known word. 1 Corinthians, chapter 2, from verse 6. Howbeit, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, that are perfect, with them who received the word of God, who were reconciled with God, who truly experienced the adoption of sons and brothers and sisters, as every natural child which was born on the earth is perfect, it's perfect, not yet completed, but it's perfect, perfect. A child which is born into this world is perfect from head to toe. Everything is there. The face, the whole body, the eyes, the hands, the feet, everything is there with the birth. Perfect. But then comes the growth. And let us, let us believe if already a natural birth is perfect, how much more the new birth Perfect, perfect, but then comes the growing, then comes the growth, and for this God gives strength by His grace, that, that we also experience it. So, receive it. God can only create perfect things. When, when, when he made the creation, everything was perfect. Everything was good. I'm asking you, what could God improve? Has he, could, could he ever do something better sometime than he did already at the beginning? No, it was perfect. From the very beginning, the same it is with the work of God in us. It is a perfect work of God in you and in me. And then it continues in verse 6. Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world, that come to naught, 
This world is doomed. This we all know. The salvation is not in this world. It's only in the Lord alone. And then, in verse 7, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. God has not only predestinated us before the foundation of the world. He predestinated that what He intended for us up to the opening of the seals, up to the, into the inside of the perfect counsel of our God. He predestinated both those who will experience it and that what He intended for them by His grace. And then we read on so the divine wisdom which none of the princes of this world knew. This is even impossible. We cannot turn to any man on the earth speaking with him about spiritual things. It's impossible. First, God must have spoken with us. First, He must have revealed His word to us. And then, we can pass it on. However, only to those whose ear is opened for it. Then, it continues here in verse 10. This is a very joyful message. Here, in verse 10, it is written, But God has revealed them unto us by His Spirit. Us. Just say, Amen. Us. Us. The least, the least who are on the earth, us, who we knew nothing, who we could nothing, us, the Lord has taken into the Holy of Holies, has opened the Ark of the Covenant, has revealed His Word to us. And as it was mentioned already yesterday, in the Old Testament, we read, close up the words until the end time. And then comes a day which brought a special responsibility with it. Then came the 22nd of December, 1962, when Brother Brenham was shown in a vision that the supernatural cloud comes down and that seven angels are veiled in this cloud and that he will be north of Tucson, Arizona. To him was even shown the region where it would happen. On the 30th of December, he then spoke about it in the sermon, Sirs, is this the time? And then came the day 
1963, when it happened. First, the announcement, and then it happened. This no man can deny. Dr. James MacDonald from, of the University of Tucson, Arizona, he examined 86 pictures of this cloud. And the best one he took, it's printed on the first page of Science Magazine. And it's also printed in the Life Magazine. We didn't tell you stories. We told you that what had to take place in connection with the plan of salvation in the end time. And how God does it, whom he uses for it, this is his business. God will ask no one. He will do what he purposed before the foundation of the world. Here's the point. God purposed his plan of salvation before the foundation of the world. God has chosen you and me before the foundation of the world. God, God decided before the foundation of the world what he intended for us. Everything was put into an order by God before the foundation of the world. And it's taking place in the course of time. And we may believe it, that in our time, everything comes to its completion. That really, the promised return of our Lord, as he said it in John 14, I go to prepare the place for you. And I come again to receive you unto myself. This is a promise. It has to merge into reality. The return of Jesus Christ has to take place. The return of Jesus Christ will take place. The bridegroom will come. He will take the bride home. The trump of God will sound. The voice of the archangel will sound. And the Lord himself will descend. As it is written in the word of God. And this we say with a, without any fanaticism. And we remain very sober in doing so. Everyone is doing his job. All are doing naturally in their field what they have to do. No one starts to become a nutcase. No one loses the ground under his feet. All remain sober and clear in the natural and earthly realm. But in the same way, we, in the spiritual realm, we also remain very clear and sober, knowing when the Lord comes, 
No one needs to interpret anything anymore. Then we all will feel it. Two will lie on one bed. One will be taken, the other one be left. Two on the field. We have all this written in the Holy Scripture so that we always can check it. And brothers and sisters, make yourself the effort and check what is being preached. Don't just believe, but check it with the Word of God. Until today, we didn't have to take anything back what we ever preached and what we taught because we truly respect the word of God fully and we know here the whole plan of salvation of our God is written down. Then, here in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, We have then the hint of the Apostle who knew his responsibility before God, who was aware of it. He writes in verse 1 and 2, 1 Corinthians 4, Let a man, <coughs> let a man so consider us <coughs> as of the ministers of Christ and stewards and stewards of the mysteries of God. And then comes the requirement. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. That what God entrusted us is so precious. It's of divine origin. And we have the holy duty to manage it and administer it faithfully, to pass it on. And to this belongs, of course, Matthew 25. It's, of course, written after Matthew 24. And in Matthew 24, We have truly concerning the giving out of the divine food. And I hope that all our brothers are feeling themselves included who are preaching the same word. In Matthew 24, verse 45, it says, Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord has made ruler over his household to give them food in due season? Food. Man does not live by bread alone. God's revealed word is the heavenly manna. It's the spiritual food for your soul. And God, by the ministry of Brother Brenham, he made this word, this written word, he made it the living word, the revealed word he made. By his grace, God made it. But God always uses men through which he can work. Then we have it here. He shall make him ruler over all his goods. 
All his goods, over everything and again over everything, what God promised unto us before the foundation of the world, what he prepared for us. And now he reveals it to us about everything. Nothing is missing. The whole Old Testament, the whole New Testament, in fact everything what God decided in his plan of salvation. About over this, he made us ruler of it. And if we then time and again emphasize that such a time span was never on the earth before. Never. Never was such a time period on the earth where that What is written in the four Gospels, in the book of Acts, in the epistles, up to the Revelation, what is written there, is so in harmony with one another, connected and revealed. No contradiction, only complement upon complement and insight into all of the plan of salvation of our God. And as we said yesterday, All the prophets had a great task and responsibility for their time. To me also came the word from the Old Testament in reference to the cloud and the pillar of fire. If one shows it like this here and says, brothers and sisters, the Lord is the same yesterday, today and forever and has revealed himself in our time as in the days of Moses, as at the beginning of the New Testament, perhaps it is then good that we show you the scriptures. I could show you many more scriptures, but Let us read it from Nehemiah, from Nehemiah, chapter 9, to show you which ways God went with the people of Israel, to show you that the calling of Paul happened in the same way, that the Lord appeared to soul in the light which was brighter than the sun at noonday and he was blinded of this light but then he heard the voice soul, soul why do you persecute me? I have ordained you as a chosen vessel it was a divine purpose for the man of God of this hour now in reference to Moses and the people of Israel, Nehemiah testifies in chapter 9 from verse 12, Moreover, thou leddest them in the day by a cloudy pillar and in the night by a pillar of fire to give them light in the way wherein they should go. Brothers and sisters, Did the Lord appear to our beloved brother Brenham in this pillar of cloud and fire 
that we hang his photo with a pillar of fire somewhere at a wall and perhaps thinking this has happened or did it happen to show us and illuminate unto us the way which we have to go with this of course something was connected within the plan of salvation for instance such a thing also I can also not hang somewhere no at the end of the Africa trip at the end of my trip after the 21 meetings a brother came to me and he said listen it was upon our hearts to give you a present the text, 2 Timothy, chapter 4, preach the word in season and out of season. This I don't have to hang somewhere. This I can, but the task is not in hanging of such a, let me say, souvenir, the eagle with a sword in his pecker and the African continent behind it. I thank God that the brothers have understood that we're not, not speaking in our own name, but in the name of the Lord, carrying the word, that we're not preaching stories, but that we preach the word of God. But once again back, the pillar of fire appeared to Moses and to the people of Israel to show them the way, to give them words of life, living oracles, because the Lord God was present as the angel of the covenant in the pillar of fire, and he was leading his people. The same way it happened in our time. Here it says, in verse 13, in Nehemiah chapter 9, Thou camest down also upon Mount Sinai and spakest with them from heaven and gavest them right instructions and true laws and good statutes and commandments. This God did. The pillar of fire was there to show his direct presence visible among the people of God. Brothers and sisters, just think of it. Just think of what kind of effort God made himself. That not, not just the prophet came on the scene and saying, God has sent me, I have to tell you this and that, but the Lord of glory came down in the cloud and in the pillar of fire, visible before all the people of Israel, to confirm that this man was sent by him with the word addressed to the people of God. Brothers and sisters, the same happened with the ministry of Brother Branham. And I'm asking you to understand it the right way. We do not glorify any man, but we do not bypass what God did. 
And I advise it really to no man to bypass the divinely confirmed ministry, especially because it, it, wa it was about a promised ministry by God. And this has to be this has to be emphasized time and again. And whoever could not yet accept this by revelation, just leave it. Leave it. Do not judge anything before the time. Leave it. In the next moment, in the next meeting, it can already happen that God reveals it. Then we go back. Then we go back to the wonderful word in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where it speaks of the placing of the various ministries in the church. And the emphasis is truly on the statement that God has said, not a man. Here it's written, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we read verse 28, and God has said, Some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, and so forth, and so forth. God has said, the church of Jesus Christ is the manifestation place of God here on this earth. And here it starts with the apostles. An apostle is a sent one. One who was called by the Lord. A sent one. With a direct commission of the sender. Apostles only he who was sent with a commission. You can ask any Greek about the word apostolos. Someone, a sent one, someone who was sent with a direct commission which he has to carry out. And if it is written that the Lord called the first disciples and he calling them apostles, then he wanted to underline with this, I have called you. I have called you. I'm sending you. I give you the commission. You go with my commission, with my word. My sending was given to you. And therefore, it is written, whoever hears you, hears me. And whoever receives you, receives me. And therefore, because God has also said, Prophets, therefore it is written, whoever receives a prophet, he shall receive the reward of a prophet. Something is connected with it. We said it yesterday. In the days of John the Baptist, there was no man on earth who would have the same ministry, the same responsibility before God. 
One man of, sent by God with the message of God to the people of God is enough. There are no 300 or 400 have to be as at the time of Ahab and prophesying after their own discretion. This we all don't need. Although the Lord said that false prophets will come on the scene and shall deceive many. And therefore, we also in the book of Revelation, in chapter 2, in verse 2, we, we have the warning. You tried them which call themselves apostles, as sent ones, but who were no apostles at all, who just claimed to be it. An apostle was a called one. A commissioned one, man sent from God. So, we have the Holy Scripture as a pattern before us. And the question is, where do we find ourselves in the Holy Scripture? Where do you find yourself? Where do I find myself? Where do you place yourself? Where does God place us today? Where do we find ourselves again? And therefore, the emphasis that God at first gives promises and then when the time is fulfilled then the promises become reality even when we yesterday when we were praying and laying on of hands for about 100 people it really the thought came to me spontaneously it came to me at this place, where we hear the word of God, we want to experience the word of God confirmed. At the place where forgiveness is being preached, there it shall be experienced by His grace. At the place where healing is being preached, there by God's grace it shall be experienced. Of course, of course, no comforting anymore. But it is finished. It is finished. The redemption happened. The healing happened. And we may receive it by faith. Really, receiving it. And then the word of the Lord comes to effect. All things are possible for him who believes. And also that was said to Brother Brenham. If you get the people to believe you, first came the preaching, and from the preaching came the faith. But the people had to believe that this man, who has now preached, that he is in the direct commission of God, that he is a sent one from God. And therefore, always the question, do you believe that God has sent me? This is just necessary if people wish to experience their healing. To get saved, to become a believer, it's enough to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And then you and your house shall be saved. But when it is then about the prayer for the sick, then we must Pay attention very carefully. Then comes Mark 16. On the sick they shall lay hands on. Then the faith is connected with the act. And then you must believe 
that we are standing here by the commission of God, acting by the commission of God, laying, laying hands on, taking God at His word, so that He confirms His word on you. And I almost said, we can give the divine guarantee, whoever places this biblically, and whoever can believe it so, to him God is obligated to do what he promised. That in the moment, it's a living faith, and the living faith leads into the experience into that what God promised us. Then we have in Titus chapter 1 this wonderful hint. This actually every time one should read Titus chapter 1 and you would marvel how often Paul laid the emphasis on his call and on his commission to show the people, listen, I'm not speaking in my own name, I'm a man sent from God with the responsibility before God to pass you on the word. Titus 1 verse 1 I, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ according to the faith of God's elect. Oh, is this not a wonderful word? He doesn't speak anymore of evangelization but for the faith of God's elect. Here the purpose, the sending is the purpose, the purpose, the completion of the church of Jesus Christ. Here it was shown, the, the purpose of it. We go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and here we have the special hint that Paul already at that time wanted to present to Christ a chaste virgin. In these days, much was preached and still preached about the virgins. And time and again, people are asking, who are the foolish, who are the wise? Many are asking this, really, very many. We have said it yesterday. The foolish are baptized in the spirit just as the wise. And the wise just as the foolish. The difference is in the seed of the word. And I will emphasize it time and again. Israel, first a virgin and then woman, and then harlot, becoming unfaithful, breaking the covenant with God, serving idols, going astray, until the prophet Elijah came on the, came on the scene on Mount Carmel, was asking, how long will you falter between two opinions? How long will you follow the Baal priests? Baal prophets and Asherah priests. 
It was the day of decision which God had given. And then it is written that the Lord turned their hearts back again unto the Lord God. Here we have Paul who said in Second Corinthians chapter 11 verse 2 For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy for I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. The chaste virgin Mary the example. She had nothing to do with any man. She could say, I don't know. I had nothing to do with a man. How shall it be? Not defiled. And if we read in Revelation, they were not defiled with women, then God used the example of a woman with a church. As a woman defiles herself, if she gives herself to somebody else, so the church defiles herself if she gives herself over to strange doctrines, committing spiritual fornication. And this must be said very clearly. The church of Jesus Christ is a virgin. And these are the wise virgins. God always speaks in singular and plural. You can go back to Exodus chapter 3 and chapter 4 and 5. God speaks at first, says at first, let my people go. Let my firstborn son go. One time it's his people. And then it is his only begotten firstborn son. And in chapter 12, it's then the church. Be it son, be it people, be it church. Always the same is meant by it. The same up to the book of Revelation. Chapter 12 that the woman was in birth pains bearing the male child. So, the adoption as sons who will then rule all nations with an iron rod. And to let this happen, birth pains came upon her. But because she received the seed, the son came forth and was born. The Bible speaks always in comparisons, in parables, to show us that we also understand it and that we also can comprehend it. Here, in First Second Corinthians chapter 11, I have espoused you to one husband, very written naturally. Here Christ is compared to a husband. I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Then, of course, comes the displeasing thing. But I fear, lest by any means... As the serpent beguiled Eve through his craftiness, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. 
Brothers and sisters, let us be careful. Let us be careful under which influence we are. Both is close to one another. And that, what God said in his word, must be yes and amen to us. No one may shake about it. No man may interpret anything. But we believe God's word in the original. And then the enemy may not come whispering, Has God said, This is impossible. Doesn't work. Don't listen. When the enemy comes with, Has God said, Because it doesn't remain like this by it. He continues. God knows that you will be wise. God knows that you will then know the difference between good and evil. The enemy entangles in so many arguments. If we are not careful, then we are quickly entangled in the snare of the enemy. And this may not happen. So, The bride church of Jesus Christ receives the original seed of the word. And this is the word of truth. And only afterward we can be sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. That's how it is written. In Ephesians chapter 1, in verse 13, after he received the word of truth, the word of salvation, of everything what God has given us, then we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. And this is the difference. The Holy Spirit all receive the foolish and the wise. Even the false Christs and the false prophets receive the same rain. The same sun shines upon them. Everything the same. The difference is in the seed. Upon all comes the Spirit of God. And if we look today into Christianity, even in all the charismatic meetings, although much is being self-made, nevertheless, it can happen that there are people who are truly baptized in the Spirit. can all happen. But this doesn't help anything. At the rapture, it will not have helped anything because they remained foolish bypassing the word of promise. And I'm asking you, if God, and this must be emphasized, if God himself says, even emphasizing it with the, behold, behold, I send you the prophet Elijah. Who are you? Who am I? That I bypass it contemptuously and saying what, what have I to do with it if we were chosen before the foundation of the world then we will respect what he promised to us with joy with joy we will receive it thanking God 
that we can have part in the fulfillment of the promise by His grace. Now, just the places from Revelation. We have, of course, yesterday, we referred to it briefly, how the Lord revealed Himself to John on the Isle of Patmos how he has sent his angel to show unto all his servants what would come and what would be. And then we have heard of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus which he had to give. Then we were reading that he, by the Spirit he was transfigured on the Lord's Day, Revelation 1, from verse 9. And brothers and sisters, this term, testimony of Jesus and word of God, shall fall into our hearts. Yesterday we read it, only to the bride applies that she has the testimony of Jesus. And only to the martyrs who will die after the rapture because of their faith, to them it applies for the work, for the, for the sake of the word of God and for the sake of the testimony of Jesus. I read it to you. Revelation 19. We mentioned it briefly yesterday. Here it says, which verse? Revelation 19, verse 10. Revelation 19, verse 10. I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And here, we have it of the bride, of the marriage supper, we read. But in Revelation, in chapter 20, we read of the martyrs who will not be raptured but who will then have part in the millennium because the martyrs will only be here after the rapture. But here again, the testimony of Jesus. I, I read it. Revelation 20 from verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mock upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. What was it? They remained faithful unto death. 
The testimony of Jesus and the word of God, they kept it. They rather died than to say no. They rather died than to, than to deny. Brothers and sisters, this is our attitude. What people are saying about us and what they are writing about us, we are just very sorry for them for their sakes. And sometimes it even hurts us because they sin. It is still written, touch mine anointed Touch not mine anointed ones. Many things are written. It's many things are written. What people should never do. What people may never do. But just to emphasize it once again from last night, it is now important that we truly step upon revelation ground. That we are laid by God into Everything. Also concerning the opening of the seals, the revelation of all the mysteries, everything and again everything, God has entrusted us with at the end of the time of grace. And this last message, which really includes everything what God purposed in all his word what he said everything every doctrine every practice everything was put again upon, a, upon the biblical ground was put in order again. All the Bible truths were truly put upon the lampstand. Do not bypass it, but believe what the scripture has said. Believe as the scripture says it and have part in the fulfillment of that what God promised us in this time in his word. Let us have made the decision to remain faithful unto death. To us it's important that we receive the crown of life. And there our Lord says, be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. All men of God were faithful to the commission faithful to ascending they received responsibility brother Brenham had one of the greatest sendings a responsibility as Peter, Paul and John didn't have it yet to give us insight into all the plan of salvation of our God into the thoughts of God into the mysteries of God to lead us into them and I tell you it's just wonderful if one may experience all this. Now, after the going home of Brother Brenham, we, as the church, we are ordained to carry the last message to warn the people of God on all the earth. In closing, I want to emphasize, I thank God for all of you.
for all of you who you have also taken responsibility, you who confess the Lord and also despise not the man who is despised, but that you know that we, by the commission of God, that we carry and preach the word of God in all truth. And as sure as we stand the test with the proclamation before God, so you all, all you who believe this biblical proclamation, you will stand the test before God. And together we will experience the completion. And together we will experience the translation at the return of Jesus Christ. And together we will be taken up to be with the Lord forever. Rejoice in the Lord and give Him the honor for great things He has done in all of us. We have the testimony of Jesus and we have the word of our God. To the Lord our God be the thanks for it. In Jesus' name, Amen. We stand up for prayer. And as we examine ourselves in prayer before God, seeking the fellowship with Him, I would like to ask that all, even it comes now as a surprise, but all who did not yet consciously dedicate their lives to the Lord, that they do it now, especially all the young people. There's the nice saying, God has only children, no grandchildren, only children. Ye who are not my people shall be called sons and daughters of the living God. Not grandchildren. Everyone has to make his personal experience of salvation. Everyone. Children and grandchildren. That's how we have it in the first sermon. In Acts chapter 2. For unto you is the promise, and to your children and grandchildren, as many as the Lord our God shall call. And the Lord is still calling. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest for your souls. Should there be some here? Feel free. As we sing now the chorus, feel free to come to the front. It's just the best. If we underline this decision and as we as we give testify that testify with before the world and before the Lord. Whoever comes whoever wishes to come to the front for prayer, we pray them together. Just as I am. Dein Blut wäscht mich von Sünden frei, o oh Gott, es lang 
I didn't call now for the praying for the sick. I just gave the call that people who wish to dedicate their lives to the Lord, that they come to the front. Afterward, we shall then pray also for the sick. Yes, we trust the Lord that He will make it well also with those who made their decision, who are sure in their hearts with the help of God and who are dedicating their lives to Him. You, who you have come to the front, do you also speak German? Sister, you? Which language do you speak? Romanian. Then go there, please. Go there. Where is the sister who wants to be baptized today? We can only baptize people who dedicated their lives to the Lord consciously. There is no other way. There is no other way. Here, at this place, I have said it before, here is no religious act. Here, who, who can enough English to translate it to the sister? Brother Harry, you can translate straight. Yes. You, you can speak German. All right. Precious sister, you also dedicated your life to the Lord. All who wish to be, to be baptized today, come please now to the front. We would like to pray for you, dedicating you to God, asking God for His blessing so that He is with you. Regardless of here, the sister, she comes from the Islam. I think you also, you come from the Islam. And we thank God. We thank God with all our hearts. He's calling out from all peoples, from all religions, from all tongues. This is his task. This is his work. And we are just passing on the invitation. We rejoice, we rejoice that the Lord has called you. Receive the forgiveness by grace. Believe with all your heart that Jesus Christ, as the Son of God, died for you on the cross of Calvary. That He has taken your sins and trespasses on Himself. And that He is the reconciliation with God by His shed blood on the cross of Calvary. This is in the kernel the message of the gospel. God was in Christ. And please remember what kind of price our Lord and Redeemer paid on the cross of Calvary. 
And I say it today, even the time is up already, I say it today, once again. If only an eating of a fruit would have happened in the Garden of Eden, then the Lord would have only have to come and eating from the right tree. And then the damage would have been good. But because the original sin happened in the body of flesh and blood, let me tell it to you. You can check it with the Holy Scripture. Of the Son of God it's written in Psalm 2 verse 7, Thou art my Son, today I have begotten thee. Who has begotten Cain? In the Epistle of John we read that he was of the wicked one, the first murderer. Satan is the murderer from the very beginning. If one wishes to see how the fall was made well, one has to go back to the origin, back to the fall, to, to know that our Lord here on the earth was begotten here on earth by the, by the Spirit, being born and manifested as the Son of God, giving His body and blood for us, so that the life which was in His blood so that it can come back on us and so that we are born of God receiving eternal life. Brothers and sisters, actually, it's easy to understand if God reveals it to us. Not everything is written at one place. Everything is so scattered that no man can find it and no man sees it unless it is revealed to him by God through the Holy Spirit. You can close all Bible schools. You can shut all the doors. You can send all the professors home. God has an order in His church. He has set various ministries for the edification of the church. And this happens until this very day, that everything is being restored again into its right condition. So, and now, we will pray. Today, I would like to go through your midst and I would like to pray with all of you. Let us sing Only Believe, Only Believe. Heavenly Father, we thank you with all our hearts for your precious and holy word, for every scripture which we read. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who leads us into all the truth.
We thank you for the ministry of all your servants and prophets, for the ministry of all the apostles. We thank thee for the ministry of Brother Branham, and we thank thee that we recognize the responsibility which you have given unto us to sound your message, your word into all the world. Dear Lord, give revelation to each one of us and crown us all with mercy and loving kindness. May the word of God and, and, and the testament of Jesus Christ may it be granted to all of us. Precious Lord, to you be the thanks and the adoration. Bless also all who have dedicated their lives to you and who will be baptized. Bless Brother Schmidt who will administer the baptism. Bless all your people all over the earth. Bless all the ministering brethren who have taken also responsibility before your face. And be with them in all tongues, in all peoples, all over the earth. To you, the Almighty God, be the praise and honor and glory, now and forever. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated.